Thanks for listening to the Gateway Live podcast, a collection of recent sermons, teaching, and inspirational content brought to you by Gateway Church of Upstate New York. Visit our website at gatewaylive.org for more information. Now, here's today's message. I, I, I got to say this, and I'm, I'm not saying this. Maybe I said it last week, but I'll say it again. Uh, preaching is not a... Uh, uh, sport, right? You know, I didn't score 30 points last week and, you know, hoping to score more of this. It's either you have the Word of God or you don't. And, and I'm going to tell you this. Last Sunday, that was the, the Word of God, okay? And, and I say that because I, you cannot forget what was spoken. I, I mean, that was in, so in, incredibly relevant to the time that we're in and, and, and in fact, that, that and the week before about the difference between pleasure and joy, okay? We are, we are society seeking pleasure that produces no joy. But if your pursuit in your life is, is filled with joy, then you will sustain or delay any uh, gratification or pleasure because not all pleasure produces joy. True or not true? And, but, and again, I preach for the joy of the Lord, it's our strength. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, the suffering, the, the shame, the, the weight of sin. He endured all of that. If he was a pleasure-seeking God, he never would have went to the cross. But yet he endured that suffering for the joy of the relationship that we have with us. He has a relationship with us because he endured suffering. There are, there's a relationships that are destroyed because people seek pleasure. They seek pleasure and it's selfish. Rather than seeking that joyful relationship that oftentimes uh, it, there's suffering involved in it. Come on, husbands and wives, is there suffering involved from time to time? Let's not confess it. Yeah, there is sometimes. Some people, they want to they just jump ship so quick because they're suffering in their marriage. And, and they want some kind, they're seeking pleasure more than that, the joy that comes from a lasting relationship. We shared men's meeting. You know, God, I hope you get to uh, be in a your relationship with your husband and wife long enough that you sh have that shared joy of years of commitment with one another. It's just, it, there's nothing to compare to that. There's nothing to compare to that. So that message in there and, and the idea of, of the day that we live, that we are not pleasure seekers, but we're God seekers. And because we're God seekers and we're filled with faith, you know what faith says? I'll give you long, the short story. Everything's going to be all right. That's what it says. No, there's tragedy. Everything's going to be all right. You're going to bury your brother in law. Everything's going to be all right. Well, but, but uh, what is going to happen in the economy? Everything's going to be all right. Why? Because faith says so. Faith, we, we're, we don't, we're not walking by what we see. 
It's the unseen world around us that God is in absolute control and dominion. I realize He doesn't trespass the will of man, and therefore wickedness prevails. But there will be a day He's going to set it all right. There will be a day He reigns from right here. And what we get to do right now is let Him reign from right here, right now. And faith is, is, is the very essence of hope, and hope allows you to to uh, live with the joy of an, uh, the prayer that's going to come to pass rather than the fear and anxiety waiting for something bad to happen because you haven't seen God's immediate response. And because of that, I, I, I preached the last Sunday about some of us throwing prayers up on the wall like a, a spaghetti noodle, seeing if it sticks, and if it doesn't, then we're back right back to fear and anxiety rather than realizing the prayer of faith is something that's powerful and you need to stand in it regardless what you see. And standing is, isn't standing in, 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 in absolute terror or fear. It's standing with a confidence that God's for us. I'll tell you the, uh, the story of Daniel and, and how he started to pray, and, and three weeks later the angel shows up because it was resisted spiritually, because there are demonic forces working against us. How about that? You think there's demonic forces working against you? Do you think they have the power to overcome you? I hope you don't think so. Because the Scripture says we have power over all of the devices of the enemy, over all the power of the enemy. It doesn't mean that he's not going to nip our heel. doesn't mean you're not going to feel the bite every once in a while. But I'm here to tell you, his head has already been crushed. That's what Jesus did, didn't he? I mean, he crushed him. He, he, he's a dead man walking. He just doesn't even know it yet. And the idea of you and I living in a fallen world and, and we're praying prayers of faith and, and we're not just throwing them up to see if they stick. If you have the courage to pray the prayer, have the courage to keep believing it. God, I believe this. Then you keep believing it. That is the very essence of faith. And so, I'm going to try to expand on that just for a few minutes this morning because faith is the very thing that carries us and keeps us. It's the very thing that propels us through difficult times, times of great loss. I, I, I would, uh, uh, let me read this in Romans chapter 3 and verse 21 through 23. It says, but now apart from the law, God's righteousness has been revealed, attested tested by the law and the prophets. That is God's righteousness through faith in Jesus Christ to all, all who believe, since there is no distinction. God's righteousness is through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Doesn't matter who they are. Because we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Doesn't matter race, color, ethnic background, what they used to believe, what they did. There's some scoundrels 
that have put their trust in Jesus and they're pure. There's some people that were just no good, and I'm looking at a bunch of them. True or not true? Well, I wasn't as bad as so-and-so. You were bad. And you know it. And, but I don't say that to say you ought to feel guilty. You ought to feel blessed. You ought to rejoice in the absolute forgiveness and, 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 and the complete just newness that's in Christ. Because the righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 4 and verse 1 says it like this. What then will, uh, can we say that Abraham, our physical ancestor, has found? If Abraham was justified by works, he has something to brag about, but not before God. For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him for righteousness. That's a mouthful. Listen to me. The majority, and there are whole religions built on this, that believe there's a scale of good and evil in your life, and you find somebody that, that knows they've lived a, a, a sinful life, whatever, they try to do enough good to balance the scale. It doesn't work. There's our bad, and Jesus' righteousness. There's our bad, there's the cross. When you put the cross in your life, the, tail is, the scale isn't just tipped, it's crushed. There's no longer a scale. All there is is him. Isn't that awesome? But 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 here here's here's what I would what I would just speak over you and, and uh, um, Abraham's faith uh, was is what God used to credit him righteousness. It wasn't works. Abraham, we're not going to get to heaven and Abraham say, yeah, you know, we think he's a superstar. We think he's you know. But, but Abraham doesn't think that. He, he just, what happened? He believed God. I believe God, and, and so, but your belief in God, what does it cause you to do? Do you realize if you read the, the events of Abraham's life, starts right around uh, Genesis chapter 12, I write some of the great, great Bible reading. It's things that happen and and what God used. See, God was dealing with the entire world after the flood, and they just they just turned against him again. He said, "That's it." He said, "I'm going to deal. I'm going to pull one guy out, and I'm going to make a co- I'm going to make a covenant with him, I'm, and I'm going to bless him. I'm going to bless his children if he'll serve me." So Abraham was 80 years old when God called him. Can you imagine? 80 years old, you're, you're, why would you want to, you know, I'm, I'm headed for my mid-60s here. Um, I, I'm looking for stability and comfort, right? I, I'm looking for sameness. Uh, and at 80 years old, God says to Abram, he said, Abram, I want you to move out. Where am I going? He said, somewhere I'm going to show you. Well, where is that? Keep, start walking. That the, the instability of faith sometimes. It looks like there's not stability. But I'm telling you, you are in no better place and no better hand than the hands of God. Because he does, does he know your end from the beginning? 
What comfort? Do you know he already knows the number of my days? He does. And, and uh, I don't want to add to him. And I don't want to take away from him. I want to live the days that he has. But the reality, so, so the, he calls Abraham out to leave his home, leave what he's established, all this. Go to a land I'm going to show you. And so Abraham, by faith, Abram at the time, begins to walk. So here, here's what I want to caution us. When you say, I believe in Jesus, what does that mean? Well, I believe he existed. Okay. That, that is a historical fact. We're, we're, not, we're not talking about Santa Claus, Easter Bunny, and the Tooth Fairy here. We're talking somebody who lived and died, and there was over 500 people and more that witnessed him after the resurrection. You take that to the court of law, it's, it's there. there. There's no question. And, and so the idea that I believe in Jesus, what does that mean? Oh, I believe all that happened. Okay. But, but faith is more than just this belief in an event. Man, faith, when you say you believe in Jesus, that, that means God, and I, I understand there's a, there's a time in our life that we're growing in our faith and in the grace that He's put into our life, but it's, it's the pursuit of Him. It's the idea of, Lord, Your Word now is what I believe. I believe You. He is the living Word. I believe what You said is true, is true. I believe what, the way You want us to live is the way we ought to live. It's not this idea like so many say, I believe in Jesus now. I don't want it to affect my personal life. If Jesus doesn't affect your personal life, I question whether you have faith in Him. Is that unfair? No. Believing in Jesus literally puts you in a new direction. You look at the world differently. You, you, you make decisions differently. Why? Because faith. And if those decisions are not counted uh, uh, as righteousness to you, it's the faith in God that's counted as righteousness. Man, I, I've made some decisions that he, I even thought they were God's decisions that were absolutely stupid. They didn't detract from my relationship with Him one bit. There's been some decisions I've made that were totally selfish, but when I turn back toward Him, that blood that covers us, past, present, and future, just brings me back to Him continually. That's why, because, well, you're, you're a holy man. No, no. You, you, I, I, have, I absolutely believe this. I have faith in it. And that faith creates that atmosphere of righteousness that I could not create by all the works that I could ever do. Just a fact. So Abraham, he, he's walking along, and he was justified by faith, and, and I believe, but there, it wasn't until uh, 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 God gives him and puts him in a position uh, of making a choice that was very, very difficult. Abraham, Abram and uh, Sarah didn't have children. He made a mess of that. And finally, when, when God does give him a promised child, 
Abraham is over the moon over this kid. And then God says, Abram, I want you to take Isaac and sacrifice him. That's pretty crazy. But the next thing you see in the Scripture is Abram's mounting up the donkey and getting everything ready and headed off to do what God said. Why? Because he believed God. He gets up on the mountain. And, and, and all the while, Isaac's saying, Dad, we're, you know, we got the wood, we got fire, where's the sacrifice? Abram, even at that time, said, hey, you know what, son? God will provide himself a sacrifice. It was a prophetic word. God will provide. You know what? God's always going to provide. I don't care how dark it looks in your life. Faith says, you know something? He's going to come through. And, and, and the great thing about the longevity and the kingdom of God is now I can say that w truly with joy instead of fear because the times when I thought, God, you're going to come through, he did. And then he come through again. And he come through again. And after a while, it's like, okay. I, I don't even have to worry about this because you're going to come through. And so Abram knew that Isaac was the promise. He knew that. He had, he had no question. And so God, if you're asking me to offer him as a sacrifice, you're going to raise him from the dead. That was what faith said. They get up there, and, and uh, I, I believe it was just, man, I believe he had everybody's attention. And Abraham puts him on the altar pulls the knife back and ready to go through with it, and the angel says, stop. And God said, now I know. It wasn't, it was not the work or the act. It was the absolute confidence in God. He had faith in God. To God, if you're telling me to do this, and we know that's not, God's not telling anybody to do that in the day that we live. And God didn't want him to go through with it anyway. But sometimes, some of you here, some of us here, some of us in Christianity, we love the promise more than we love the promise giver. We want the promise because the promise of God is pleasure. The promise of God is glory. But there are times, man, that, you know, you're, you're going to have to believe and, and, and live a joyful life in hope of the promise. And not, and not sacrifice the, the fruit of your, the Spirit in your life and thinking God is some kind of, you know, ogre holding back. He's not. There's purpose in every season of our lives. There's a purpose in every event of our lives. God's working something together for my good in every situation that I face. How do you know that? Faith? Oh, yeah, but what if you don't see it? I don't need to see it. If, it, if I see it, it's not faith. But I am here to tell you, when you get finally, when we close our eyes and go from this life to the next. You're going to open up your eyes. And you know what you're going to do first? Mark this down. Because I'm telling you, you are going to laugh. If you're his, you're, you're going to, everybody's going, oh no, so-and-so just died. and What a terrible thing. Not for them. Might be for you. You're talking terrible thing for us, and I, God, I don't, you know I don't want to go through that. But for them, the better is the day. 
of one's death. Is that what the Scripture says? You know what? I believe God. I believe Him. I just, my daddy just died. What a great man. And there's people that are so grieving and all. I'm, I'm like, Pa, way to go, dude. Hey, this is a good thing. God, why? Because death comes to us all, and we go from one life to the next. And I, I just absolutely believe I'm going to see you again. I just believe that. And so it's a temporary separation. Well, you're living in a fantasy world. No, I'm living by faith in Christ. And I'll tell you what, it is absolutely the best life there is to live. Stand with me. Here's how John wrote it in 1 John chapter 5. It says, everyone who believes that Jesus is Messiah has been born of God. Oh, I believe we're saved by faith. Absolutely believe that. But, but when you're born of God, you know what that means? You don't stay an infant. You grow. You grow by pursuing Him. God, what do you want from my... You make Him a part of your life every day. Somebody who stays in a, in a certain spiritual stunted state, that's just not good for you. Have some faith. Shake you out of it. Have, have a growth spurt. He says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Messiah has been born of God. Everyone who loves the Father also loves the one born of Him. That's pretty cool. You know why I love some of you? Because you're born of Him. That's why. That's why I love those of you that are born. We're, we're Bix's family. I don't even know you. I don't need to know you. I just need to know that you know Him. And we're going to be all right. Says, he says, um, this is how we know that we love God's children when we love God and obey His commands. For this is what uh, love for God is, to keep His commands. Now, His commands are not a burden because whatever He has been born of God, God conquers the world. And this is the victory that has conquered the world. It's our faith. It's our faith. It's our faith. It's already, we've already overcome the world. If you're thinking you're going to be overcome, man, where, what are you standing on? You cannot lose. We do not lose if we have faith in Jesus. Why? Because He's already, he's already conquered. And so it's our faith this morning. Father, what a precious, precious gift of faith that's in the lives of Your people. Lord, as You've called us and You've imparted gifts to us and promises, Jesus, let it be that our lives are lifted to You continually that our desire is to follow You completely. As we love one another, as we serve one another, as we serve You, I speak Your goodness and Your favor. Lord, let faith just uh, cause us to press into those places of prayer and with joy believe You for an outcome that's inevitable. <laughs> because we trust You. 
And because you cannot lie. God, I speak your favor, your blessing, your goodness, your grace, and more than anything else, Jesus, I speak your faith upon us. Let that be deeply rooted in us in the days to come, that if there's suffering in our, in our lives and our futures, I know there are because we live in this world, that we endure it as a good soldier. And we be joyful in it because you've already overcome the world. God, thank you for it. Thank you for it. Thank you for it. Thank you for it. Hallelujah, Jesus. I wanted you to take a few moments this morning. Would you come and pray? Uh, uh, and just seek God. If you've never been filled with the power of His Spirit, come on, let Him do that to you this morning. If, 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 you, if everything's all right with you, would you come down here and pray for Tuesday's election? I'll put an ear to who you're praying for, but... Would you come down and pray that righteousness would prevail, that it would be fair and honest? That God, that you would reveal wickedness, that, that there would be righteousness in our nation. Come on, how many know our nation needs prayer? Then don't, if you're all right, then don't leave here without praying for uh, the America and our world. Amen. As we sing, would you come and pray if you have any need at all? Healing in your body, come on down, we'll pray for you. Blessings. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure and subscribe to the podcast to be notified when new messages are released. And remember to visit gatewaylive.org for more information.